0: Welcome to episode 68 of the Fantasy Alarm Baseball Podcast. On the eve of opening day, we are recording, so you should be listening to this as baseball is all across the airwaves and on your television sets, I hope. Uh, joining me as usual lately, Matt Sells, at the Salesman on the Twitter machine, two-time FSWA award winner for NASCAR and our prospect in-house guru, Matt, how's it going tonight?
1: going really well i'm really excited we get opening day in april uh it's been you know a couple of years coming here um you know i had some roster moves i had to make for some of my fantasy teams tonight because some some guys got shifted around there got sent to the minors a little bit but uh yeah good times coming the nats get to finally raise their championship flag for 2019 in front of fans. Uh, tomorrow night. So that'll be fun, and then you know have to face Jacob Degrom on the mound. So that won't be fun. But, not uh, so
0: fun. Yes. No,
1: not so fun. But I'm I'm pretty excited. It's opening. It's the eve of opening day. It's like a kid on Christmas, and that says something
0: because I'm Jewish. So you know, <laughs> I understand. I uh, I still remember in junior high, my grandpa used to pick me up. I always had a dentist appointment on opening day with the uh, Syracuse Chiefs to go watch them play Triple A games. Grandpa would get me a bag of peanuts, teach me how to keep score, and have a nice big cigar during the game, which, of course, you can, you cannot do that anymore at a stadium, but it is what it is. I'll never forget those memories. So here we go. we got a lot of stuff going on, but thankfully the New York Mets, they gave us the lead tonight. So as we were talking off air before recording this at about 1128 Eastern Standard Time, 1028 where cells is, is the New York Mets have agreed upon a 10-year $341 million deal, $1 million more than the Fran- and then the Tatis Jr. deal. Um give me your initial thoughts on this. To me it feels like an overpay, but that I-, I love Lindor as a person, but as a fantasy player I'm a little down on him.
1: Yeah, so DJ Short has a tweet out right now and uh he's Baseball guy for NBC Sports. Uh, He, the tweet says, Richest deals in MLB history. Mike Trout, 426.5 mil. Mookie Betts, 365 mil. And Francisco Lindor, 341 mil. Uh, I don't know that I would put Lindor in the category of Trout and Betts. I just, you know, he's a stellar dude. He's a fun personality on the field. Um. But the Mets have now signed themselves up to be paying a 38-year-old shortstop, something like, I don't know, the exact figure. But the average works out to about $34 million a year. Uh, there's a reportedly deferrals in the deal. We don't know how much. We don't know when they kick in. Um, there's no opt-outs. Don't know about a trade clause. But the Mets got it done at the 11th hour, uh, literally. Literally. Cause it's 11 Eastern at night on the eve of opening day. And he said he wasn't going to discuss it during the season. So um, how this affects his fantasy value this year. I mean, it's a little late for that. You already drafted, but usually I try to stay away from dudes in the first year of their big contracts. Cause they come out trying to prove that they've earned this contract. And usually when you try too hard on a baseball field, you usually don't play very well. So Well, we'll have to see how this affects
0: him in the Big Apple, Um, but it's a hell of a deal. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I know somewhere uh, uh, Rick Wolf and Glenn Colton are nodding in agreement with you about the first year contract stuff. But Rick is
1: torn, though, because he is a
0: Mets fan. So, you know, he's probably happy they
1: signed him to a long-term deal, but then... His level-headed
0: self, yeah, Yeah. I, I, I... they're they're all usually all over the Yankees, especially in the AL only leagues, but we digress. So we've got a lot of other stuff going on here. There's a lot of roster moves. There's some teams that are still, I know the Rangers are waiting to finalize their roster until tomorrow because they're not due until before game time. There's, a, there's going to be other things happening. So with all of that in mind, there's some things we do know, especially with uh, service manipulation leading the way. Uh, across the landscape here so we'll start with Miami and now to me a little bit this makes sense because you want to save his bullets especially if you think you might be a contender Uh, so maybe that's what we're thinking here I want your thoughts on this but Sixto Sanchez is going to start the year at the alternate site but pretty much this feels to me like we want him pitching in September not April correct
1: yeah, and we got to give credit to Craig Mish, who's been all over this for about a month now. He was, you know, when the move happened, he tweeted out, you know, this is not a surprise. We basically knew he was going to be on an innings limit, so why blow the bullets in April when you can have them for September if, you know, they believe that they have another playoff run in them? Um, I think that's a little bit of wishful thinking from Miami side of things, but hey, if some of their prospects turn up, they get a stellar year from their new starting rookie second baseman, Jazz Chisholm. Um, you know, you get you get some, some good play from, uh, you know, some guys who maybe overachieve a little bit. Maybe Brian Anderson, John Birdie overachieve a little bit. J.J. Blade comes up maybe. Um, they could be a factor, you know. Who knows what happens in a crazy NL East we've seen. Favorites not do what they're supposed to do in this division before, so who knows. But that's that's the thinking here is that, you know, you're going to have them on an innings limit. Um, you want them pitching more towards the end of the season um, rather than the beginning of it. Um, it also preps them for the following year when you can almost be rest assured that Miami is definitely going to be making a playoff push. Mm-hmm. And he gets used to pitching later in the season as opposed to, hey, let's pitch him in April, and then what does he do? Just
0: sit there for the last six weeks? Yeah. Right? No, I, like No, I, I agree with what they're thinking. It's just a matter of the semantics and and how yeah. your fan base accepts the sort of a deal. Uh, I well, know their Cubs fan base should be
1: happy because they just got a new tv deal that pays him twice as much money and a naming rights deal for the uh for the park too i believe right then they yes. get Lone depot park i think is yeah
0: what it is now yeah let's go to loan baby uh <laughs> I, I cubs fans are on the opposite end of the spectrums i know a lot of them and fantasy people alike were pulling for uh nico herner to be up with the big club so he got sent down in, in lieu of uh david Bodie. so any thoughts on this other than being frustrated if you have Horner I mean, shares? It's
1: not to the you know name recognition of Chris Bryant, but it's Chris Bryant all over again, right? Nico Horner comes up. But this
0: one's tougher because I think he has to stay down for 36 days. It's 36 days. Because he Chris was up Bryant last year. Was, Chris Bryant was, what, 10 days, right, I but, think? Yeah, because Bryant didn't debut before it. So, yes, right. this is this so, an extended stay. So this is 36 days. if, so if they, they get an injury, carry... they can't call him up or they get that clock going again. Right, exactly. The
1: whole point of sending him down is to, to gain another year of control over Nico Horner. But the frustration with fans who, in Chicago, they want to win and they see what the Southside team is doing in the White Sox, Horner was the best second-base bat in spring training. He was also the best second-base defender at spring training. And then they turn mm-hmm. around and send him down strictly for service time. Like there's literally no way around it. So, while the fantasy upside was, uh, we can debate the upside with Nico Horner, but it is still frustrating. And baseball's got to do something about the service time issue because it's affecting Seattle too. Uh, Jared yeah. Kalin. Until
0: there's a new CBA, it's not going to change. It makes no, no sense. Uh,
1: yeah. Jared, I'll Kalin. give
0: I'll give the White Sox credit because they're bringing Vaughn up.
1: Yeah. Exactly, they're about the only ones who are going, Hey, you know, we'll uh throw <laughs> you know through
0: whatever they're pushing in the, the chips in, yeah,
1: yeah, but they also know that they have the team right now in the division to make a run at it. They did last year, and they made the playoffs, and then they fired the manager who made the playoffs, so they're certainly going for it,
0: absolutely, uh, let's see. Boston made a similar decision as Chicago. Um, but this one was a little closer because Michael Chavis and Christian Arroyo had almost identical the Spider-Man meme playing at each other. They were almost identical under their statistics, except Chavis had a minor league option and Arroyo didn't. So this this one, at least on the surface, makes sense. You you kick the tires on Arroyo, see what he's got, and if there's nothing, you can bring Chavis up in a month, right? Right, exactly.
1: So uh, if they had sent Arroyo down, he would have had to clear waivers before he got sent down and you know the odds of him getting picked up by somebody pretty slim but you never know with you know whatever's going on i mean the angels just signed every reliever under the sun as we were talking about before we recorded so mm-hmm. there's always a chance somebody takes a takes a shot on getting basically a freebie right before the season so it makes sense go get Chavis to go work on controlling the strike zone a little better, drawing some more walks, being more patient, getting that swing back that you know got him noticed in the first place, um, and you know, see where you stand. I mean, Boston knows they're not going to compete this year anyway, so you may as well let the guy get his mojo back in the minors.
0: Uh, so we already alluded to Seattle. Jared Kalanick is going to start the year at the alternate site. So will Julio Rodriguez, who, who many feel is just as ready for the majors as Kelnick, Um is it going to be a Hanniger injury or is there just going to be the magical date? Now, uh, I'm seeing conflicting reports with Kyle Lewis suggesting that this could be a week's thing, not day's thing with him on the injured list would be, you know, these bone bruises are tricky. Yeah, I mean... Who was it from the Yankees we saw
1: um, ran into the wall in the playoffs one year and then still in May the following season was still dealing with a bone bruise?
0: It was yeah, one of their they, outfielders a few these, years ago. Those bone bruises are oh. – and, and we've seen it in football too. They, they, Those deep bruises are sometimes harder to get back from than anything. Yeah. So uh, I wasn't so, banging on Lewis to begin the year, so it doesn't make a big deal. It's not a big deal to me, but – uh, for Kelnick and, and other people,
1: I so mean I think Rodriguez take,
0: would go for big bucks if they if they called him up.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to take a couple of different guys getting injured because they do have some flexibility there. Because you could put Dylan Moore a couple of different spots. Um, you know, they they can move some some pieces around. Um, but I think Kelnick comes up first. Um, plus, I didn't
0: he also oh, try to
1: file a suit. A, a grievance against them.
0: Yeah. Well, he's represented by Boris too. So I'm sure yeah, they're not going so to wrinkle him.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think Kalenic comes up first and then if they need even more outfield depth, they would, uh, they would go with, uh, Rodriguez, but didn't Taylor Trammell also make the team if I'm not mistaken? Yes. Um, so they have him too. And then you got Dylan Moore. He might end up playing outfield. center. Yeah, so they they've they've got some pieces they can move in
0: in there. And more Malayos, right? Yes. Yeah, so. you can play first base or outfield. So yeah, that they they've got pieces and parts. Uh, it's sort of like the old Sounds uh, like Seattle chicken tender last... commercials there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know if this was necessarily manipulation on service time 'cause if our show hit about a hundred thirty in spring training games, but He's being sent down. They want him, if he's going to be a catcher. Him being sent down to me makes sense. I don't know how you feel about this. Yeah, I mean, I he wasn't going to catch in the majors.
1: He's not going to catch in the majors because they have Carson Kelly there, who they still want to give the shot to, and it makes sense because they gave up Goldschmidt. In you know that was one of the key pieces in the Goldschmidt deal, so they want to give Carson Kelly a shot. I mean, I think Kelly is a pretty solid young catcher still. Um, but also Barcho's defense was in the outfield was a little questionable at times. Like his route running isn't quite where it should be. Um, he's got speed. Sure. But you can't always rely on speed in the outfield. It's all about routes you take and the angles. And I mean, he just looked overmatched this spring Mm -hmm. too. So I'm not surprised by them sending him down. Um, I mean, sure, the service time is a bonus for them, but I think Uh, that's the least of their concerns at this point with Varsho. Will he be up before July? I say no. I don't think so either. Um, Because here's the thing. They're going to get Cole Calhoun back, right? So there's another starter in the outfield. And then they've already got Peralta and uh, Marte can play there. Um.
0: You' they're got, dealing with uh, Ahmed still banged up. So today when they were taking infield practice, Ahmed was not out there. Josh Rojas was at short. Right. Uh, Kettle was at second. Oh, no, excuse me. Eduardo Escobar was at second. Kettle was in the outfield. Uh, third base was Cabrera. And first base was Walker.
1: Right. And let's not forget they have Tim LeCastro, the fastest guy in baseball, who's yep. never been caught stealing. And is a hit-by-pitch magnet.
0: I'll, I'll take him in a foot race with Kayvon Biggio anytime. All right, so <laughs> we, we do have some injury issues. We, do have to talk, uh, we, we missed the Eloy Jimenez because that happened last week and we were unable to record, but uh, fans... Now, do you give any credence because there was a report from uh, a Latino beat writer saying that he might be back in three and a half months, not the five to six of the original prognosis? Like, oh, we, can't, we can't put any weight into these things, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what he's getting from a torn you know... pectoral
0: is a torn pectoral. I, I right, but it's see... not
1: even, it's not even the, it's not even the muscle though. From what I heard, it's the tendon. I think it's the tendon that goes between like your pec and your shoulder. So, um I don't know, man. That looked like a wonky injury. It did not look good when it happened because his arm kind of got stuck on top of the fence there. Oh um,
0: no, my! My TG FBI shares just went up in flames. So
1: yeah, I. Uh, I mean, if he can get back in three and a half months, that's a, kind of a miracle at this point. <laughs> I'm he sure can't the get White Sox. Power.
0: I, I no, they, they there's have there's no, no reason way. to rush him. None. There's
1: no way. I mean, we were talking about well, Bellinger, right? That there was questions about him hitting with one shoulder coming into the season, and would he be ready and whatever. And he had a pretty standard shoulder thing and this is not a standard shoulder thing so no there's almost no way i mean i can't foresee him pulling like a schwarber when he gets back like schwarber did for the what 2016 cubs when he came back and just started like shooting balls to the moon
0: (laughs) yeah no it's no question I, i don't get it uh the big news Today was Adalberto Mondesi landing on the DL with an oblique issue. He was hitting well in spring, moving up to third in the batting order, hitting for power, stealing bases. So, of course, now I only have one share, but now that share has to go diving into the waiver wire this weekend and probably add Willie Adamas, who I'm not against adding, but it's a different animal. So, thank God that team has stolen bases. Uh, around him, I still have Starling Marte, Victor Robles, and uh, some other guys that can keep the category going until I get them back. But uh, for other fantasy owners, is there? Um, I wrote about some names today, and I think you touched upon one earlier. Uh, when I published my spring update article, I wrote Jazz Chisholm is somebody that you can look for if you're just looking for speed. Um, I wrote about Kevin Newman being a guy that can give you average, and he did steal 16 bases in 2019. Uh, or you can look at like a Willie Adams or somebody else. So, uh, are those names that kind of jump off the top of your head, or is there anybody else I missed there? Um, We're no, looking at are... about a month. We're looking at about a month for mom to see out.
1: Probably, and obliques can tend to linger, and they can be tricky, and you know, it's something you can re-aggravate fairly, uh, fairly easily. Um,
0: don't, don't don't be a downer, Matt.
1: I'm just laying it out there. It's not, I'm not trying to be a downer. I'm on to see, um, you know, obviously the speed, everybody's going for the speed and then you take them hoping for the power and the average upside um, to show up. But this is a good lesson for, for, you know, I was talking to some people in the, the fantasy alarm chat earlier. Somebody was asking, you know, in a, in a roto league, they had never done a roto league, I guess in baseball, they do mostly points or head to head or whatever. Um, and they were asking, you know, how do you change your draft strategy for Roto League? And, and my answer was, well, this is a perfect example of why you don't put all your eggs in one basket for categories in one player, right? Like, Well, and that's
0: why I did it. That's why I said that team has Robles and Starling right. Arte and other people. You can't rely on one guy right. to be
1: your unicorn. Exactly. So you draft Mondesi. You go, okay. I'm I'm good on stolen bases because 60 steals nope. is gonna do you pretty well. <laughs> and now he ain't gonna get you 60 steals. He's gonna
0: get you. I don't know. Maybe 30. Right? He In can respect. still get. He can still get 40 if he really wants to. But well, yes, it depends if he's, he he's back and dial things back. Even even if he gets right. 30, that's still above the norm right now. Oh, it is. But like you've now taken a hit,
1: a major hit. And if you didn't right. count on that. It's going to be pretty hard to find steals on the on the you know, market because everybody else in your league is going to know you lost Mondesi, so anybody else that's possibly getting steals is now going to be top dollar on your the fab market. So this is a good lesson in why you don't just rely on one guy for one category. Like, oh, I've got Gallo and Stanton for power. I'm good. Well, okay, but sort of right like what happens if one of those dudes has an issue or they don't do what they're what you expect them to do this is why you kind of got to find ways to get guys that contribute across the board doesn't have to be 2020 guys i have plenty of dudes on my teams who have like 5 to 10 stolen bases but if you get like four five six dudes that get 5 to 10 stolen bases you can compete in steals and not oh, yeah. one guy is going to kill you if they don't do what they're supposed to do. So um, it's definitely a downer. Nikki Lopez is not a reasonable replacement for Mondesi. Nicky Lopez is terrible. He's,
0: he better be a placeholder to Bobby Wood Jr. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, Nikki Lopez is terrible. Once the uh, Super
0: 2 lapses, if Bobby Wood Jr. is not up and Mondesi still out, then I will be driving to Kansas City.
1: Because <laughs> um, yeah, I, I backed Alberto up, up with him.
0: I yeah, mean that was the whole thought process. So if they lose Mondacy, then I've got Witt Jr. and I've still got my stolen bases.
1: If you want some some sleeper steals, guys, um, if Miles Straw is somehow still available because people got scared off by maybe missing some time with COVID, he's not going to. He's on the active roster. Um, he's a pickup, Tim LaCastro. Never been caught stealing in the majors in like twenty nine attempts. Um maybe b p. machine, yeah uh Oliva for a super deep flyer um,
0: yeah, but that's your waiting,
1: yeah, I mean, that's why super deep, <laughs> but no, there's not a whole lot else besides the guys you named
0: all right uh so you you wrote down about some fifth fifth starter flyers, uh one that jumps off the page for me. Uh, I'm kind of intrigued by Carlos Rodon. How do you feel about him?
1: If the guy can stay healthy and can stay on the mound, he's got stuff to strike people out, right? His, His biggest issue is he's never been dependable.
0: No, I understand that.
1: So if he can stay healthy, he's got some absolutely just wipe out stuff that he can uncork from time to time. And if he was healthy for the last, I don't know, three, four years, There's no way he'd be a fifth starter at this point. Like, he'd be much further up in the the rotation. So, Rodon is going to get some nice sneaky wins for you because he's on a really good Chicago White Sox squad. With a Uh, very good bullpen. With a very good bullpen that should hold on to those leads. Um, The only question I have with him is just how many innings is Luke going to let him go. Yeah. Um, luckily he's an old school guy who just kind of likes to let his starters go, but there's some questions about, will they, you know, let him work out of stuff early in the season, given his history with injuries and innings limits and stuff like that. Um, I would be intrigued to see if they pair like Kopech with him. Mm
0: Mm-hmm
1: and only have Rodon go like four innings, and then you get a couple of innings out of Kopech?
0: No. In, in, in Tout Wars, I overpaid for Logan Webb, but I had to because I needed a starting pitcher.
1: I actually don't um, think that's
0: bad. I like Logan Webb this year. I, I His KBB this spring. I mean, in spring, we're looking at KBB, and we're looking at Webb. I mean, I don't care about what? ERA. I don't care, whatever. that. You throw all that stuff out the window. We're just looking at... Is he striking people out? Is he keeping people off the bases? That's that's all we want to see in spring. And he was doing a very good job at both. (laughs) And what stood out to me was reading Kirk Casale say, who caught Luis Castillo last year, that the only changeup he's seen as good as Castillo's is Logan Webb's. And and if he's going to take a step forward, then I'm all about, I'll go down with that that ship. Um, But my backup bid, as crazy as it sounds, was Chris Archer, who's guess what? And in, in, on Saturday, Chris Archer is going to be the piggyback to Rich Hill. So if Tampa Bay wins that game, guess who's going to get a free free W? Chris Archer's. So I didn't get him because I did win Logan Webb. I, I won the bids on him. But, you know, those these are the little things, if you're in a deeper league, I think you need to pay attention to because these piggyback guys, as you're alluding to with Rodon, if If Kobeck ends up being the piggyback guy to Rodon, you're looking at vulture wins. And these are things that are very, very important in in deeper leagues. And if you're streaming, you're not necessarily just streaming a pitcher anymore. You're streaming that guy who's going to come in there and, and enter in the fourth inning and work three innings and steal those wins. I think Brent Suter's another guy like this, and there's a few others. I mean, are we looking at a season where it might be just as important to have those guys as it is a fifth starter in a good matchup?
1: Yeah, I definitely think we are. Um, Kobe Allard is another guy that comes to mind. The Rangers have already said they're going to piggyback Kobe Allard um, in the back of their rotation. So if he's the second pitcher in that piggyback, you're going to vulture a lot of wins because it doesn't matter how many innings Allard pitches. If he leaves the game with the lead and that mm-hmm. bullpen holds it, he gets the win. Um, you know, there was a year, um, a few years ago. It was
0: Yarbrough. I mean, Ryan Yarbrough, yeah. he won 16 games as, a, as the bulk guy.
1: Yeah, Jason Shreve comes to mind uh, like four or five years ago. Did the same thing for the Yankees. Came in as like a guy to to spell the fourth and fifth starter. Never really started a
0: game and still wound up with like a dozen wins. Um, and, and, and Tampa Bay is talking about Cody Reed being the opener and then Waka taking over.
1: Yeah, and so Waka is – a is, I mean, Waka's looked pretty good this spring. And as far as reclamation projects go, is there any team you would trust more with a reclamation project than Tampa Bay?
0: Yeah, and, and I think the Mets are talking about doing it with Lucchese.
1: Yeah, I mean, that would make sense had, to me.
0: They had uh... – they had Jacob Barnes throw the first inning, and then Lucchese came in, and he worked uh, four innings after that. Yeah. So so it's it's going to be, again, 20, 2021 is going to be a year like probably no other. Uh, these are things just to keep in mind. Uh, so, all right. Now, one other thing before we leave the White Sox, because we've been talking about them. I, I love the fact that they're going to keep Andrew Vaughn up. However, in the opening day lineup, Andrew Vaughn is not going to play. They're putting Luris Garcia in left field and they're DHing their second catcher, Zach Collins. Do fantasy owners overreact to this or do we just take a breath and say, La Russa is saying he's going to play everybody the first weekend? We're going to take it with a grain of salt.
1: I think what he's doing is trying to keep the nerves out of his lineup for opening day. I think if you get okay, a rookie. Okay, that makes sense.
0: You're talking me off the ledge a little bit because I have you get a in rookie, and I'm a little upset. You
1: get a rookie who's jacked up to be on the Major League roster, just had himself a really nice spring, beat out, by the way, a couple of other guys who were in the competition for DH, not that they were necessarily ever really thought to be in the competition, but La Russa did throw their names out there as, hey, it's not really locked up by Vaughn yet. Um, And then you put him out there on opening day and – you know, you get the nerves going, right? The guy's juiced. He might be swinging out of his shoes and not quite used to the, the show yet and whatever. So I, I think
0: that's more um, the case here. <laughs> I, I certainly hope so. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. All right. So let's have a little fun here. Uh, division winners. This is going to be uh, interesting. Interesting. Yes, I think, again, there's going to be a lot of volatility this year. Uh, American League East. I'll let you go first. I'm going to go with Toronto. No, you stole it. I was like, I was like, he's going to go chalk with the Yankees. I don't Uh, think the
1: pitching holds up for the Yankees. I don't think he. Yeah, it's hilarious. I was on a live stream before this.
0: I was on a live stream before this, and they they asked for World Series. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go Blue Jays-Dodgers. And they're like, what? And the exact same reason. I was like, I love Garrett Cole. But
1: Eno I, I, Saris, Saris was right.
0: tweeting about he didn't like Kluber's velocity or command his last outing. Tyone, right, I don't know if up, he can like last. I mean, Domingo Herman, I just... Have a hard time rooting for him based on his right. off field issues. Yeah, v Garcia, um, how many innings can he go? Right. Um, I mean, he can come in later when Tyone runs out of gas. That's I mean, fine, there's a
1: reasonable but, there's a reasonable point to be made that Montgomery look, might be the second best pitcher for the Yankees this year.
0: And he very well could be, but and then Clark Schmidt's injury. I mean, right. there's this there's so many things going wrong, and I don't think they're gonna go out and make a splashy ad. No, I don't Toronto so has a much better farm system. If they decide they want to go get a pitcher, they have a they have catchers in the, in I also the minors don't know that, that they, they, they go
1: necessarily get. Necessarily need to add a starter they could, either because they, they need have, to like, add a
0: starter. If they're going to go to the World Series, they do.
1: I mean, yeah, unless you get Robbie Ray from like three years ago, right? I but,
0: don't mind Robbie Ray as a as a in fantasy as a superfluous arm to toss in there in good matchups. I mean, I'm not going to toss Ryan B. Ray in Yankee stadium, but when he's no. home against a lesser team, I'm willing to take a chance. Right. But I mean, I, I just, biggest question that, here is Toronto going to play any games in Canada this year.
1: I don't think so. I think as close as they get is Buffalo,
0: but they're, I well, mean, for bu- those who don't know,
1: they're starting in Dunedin.
0: Yeah, which Buffalo's is better, right better for the pitchers. Maybe, yeah, yeah. You don't want to be in in air in uh in an open air stadium in Florida in July. Yeah, if but you I think if Toronto you have... wins the AL East, I do too. Actually, that's kind of funny. So, all right, AL Central.
1: We'll go chalk on this one and go White Sox. Uh-huh.
0: I just don't. I I agree. However, I think the I think the, the Royals squeak into the playoffs.
1: You think the Royals, see, I have the Royals third in that division. I have the Twins Cleveland.
0: Uh, uh, yeah. Well, they can get two out of that, but I don't know. We'll see.
1: But yeah, I have the White Sox. I mean, their pitching staff is really, really good. That bullpen is just absurdly I, good. I, I don't know, why, that I offense I don't know why, why I want the, the Royals to be baseball.
0: good this year, but I really do.
1: I think the Royals are one year away from really being a threat in that division.
0: I really want them to be good. All right, uh, in the West, I got the Astros, you? Um. Even though Ryan Presley hasn't pitched in a spring game since March 11th.
1: I'm going to go with Oakland. Ooh,
0: all right, cool. I think,
1: okay. I think the rotation has less question marks in Oakland. I think the offense is more solid in Oakland.
0: No, Houston has a better offense than Oakland. I mean, as long as Alvarez is healthy, they have a better offense. If Alvarez is healthy,
1: if Correa is healthy, if Altuve is healthy and doesn't have the yips like and Tucker, you know, lives up to his billing and straw lives up to his billing. OK, sure. But like, I think Oakland has at least a comparable offense. Their pitching staff has less question They're mark. They're
0: betting Jed Lowry second.
1: For the time being. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go with Oakland. I think I think right. Oakland wins right. and We'll 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 go head to head on that one. That's fine. Uh, NL East. This one's very difficult. I'm going Atlanta, but I think it's gonna be a hotly contested division. I think I'm gonna go with Atlanta too. Um, oh boy. The the National's fan guy going against his squad. I think I'm to be honest, to be honest with you, I think the Nats are a third place team in that division. Steven Strasburg, 120 innings over or under. God, that's a hard number. Uh <laughs> You're not supposed to make this easy, Matt. <laughs> I'm gonna go over. I'll go over. Okay. Just, he, be- not- he believes in the calf.
1: All right. About 105. 105- about 130 so not by much but i'll go over but yeah i have the braves their pitching staff is good already they're getting soroka back after probably two weeks um i think they can be
0: cautious with him. i don't don't think he'll pitch till the end of april
1: yeah i mean breed soroka anderson and then by the way they have charlie morton is like
0: a four starter yeah Yeah. morton's very good and, yes. And, and they're going to air off. it off because I mean, Morton, this might be Morton's last year, so he's just going to leave it on the table. Yeah, and then
1: that offense is remarkably good, and they got Azuna back.
0: Yeah. My boy Albie's moving back up to second, baby. We'll see if it holds. The year <laughs> I wanted from Albie's last year is coming through. All right. Uh, NL Central's talk about wide open. The, I have no idea who's going to win this division. I don't think it's the Cubs. I'm going to give it to the Cardinals,
1: which really? will make Ryan Hallam happy. Yeah, I'm going to give it to the Cardinals. <laughs> All
0: right, you know, I'm going to go Contreras, and I'll take the Brewers. I, I think why. the Cardinals
1: have just enough pitching. They have a very game. good bullpen.
0: Yeah, I think sure. they find a way with starters. I think they find a way. Here's, here's a good one. Who, who leads the Cardinals in saves? The chalk
1: answer is Hicks, but I'm actually going to go Gallegos.
0: Wow, people love Gallegos. I don't know. They, they love, love Gallegos in the eighth inning. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I'll, I'll go anti-Chalk. I, I think Reyes might get the first save, and if he does, he could take the Carlos Martinez route and lead the team in it. Okay. They want Hicks to do it. I just don't know if he's ready. I, I've I've watched all of his, I mean, his control. I've is... watched his spring outings. He doesn't hmm. have the swing and miss stuff yet. No, it's going to take him at least a month off. Yeah, he he's not ready to close until at least May. I, I could be wrong, but everything I've seen, I watched his his last outing against the Mets. I watched it twice and, and he got the ending, ending uh, ground out double play. But because he has a negative five career launch angle against. But uh, I don't know. All right. So the last one, L.S. I mean, this is easy. It's the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, can can the Padres beat them in the playoffs? I don't think so. Wait a minute. Is it easy? the The Padres, the Padres have two. They have two pitchers in the bullpen that would start for any other team. Tony Gonsolin or David Price would start, on they would start for the Yankees. Yeah. And they're in the bullpen. That depth, I mean, that depth is just ridiculous.
1: I'm gonna go with the Padres. Ooh, all right. I dig I it. Think,
0: I think I think that here's
1: the thing: the Dodgers have the depth. I cannot argue that. Uh, I think starting pitching is pretty reasonably close between between the two squads, right? Offense
0: is pretty so, close. So you're so you're predicting a healthy lamette from Mayon?
1: Yeah, but I don't even know if they need necessarily a healthy lamette to keep it close in in the rotation. Really? Yeah, I think you could put Morahone in as a fifth starter and it'd be fine. I don't
0: mind Morahone. I'm just uh,
1: I mean behind
0: I mean, self, believe me, listen,
1: I behind I, I, Snell and Darvish and Musgrove and Paddock, I, that's fine with me. Uh,
0: I, I, there's something about Paddock that scares the hell out of me. I well, have zero so here's, shares. Zero. Here's the other
1: thing: the Dodgers just won the World Series, right? First one since 1988. Everybody's congratulating them. Oh yeah, you're awesome! Woohoo! You finally got to the mountaintop. They, you know, flex their muscle. They, they. You know, won their first World Series. Everybody's happy in L.A. Now we got the young guns in San Diego with the, you know, Slam Diego energy and the, you know, they, they, they're coming and they know it. And they, they've they got that chip on their shoulder that, you know, we don't really want to be pushed around anymore. And by the way, if they need another piece, they still have the third best farm system in baseball to go get a piece. Oh, that I understand. So,
0: that that, that so could tell things. No doubt that they're we're talking today, though.
1: I would take the Padres today simply because I think they're hungrier for it. I mean, the Dodgers have won the division, what, seven years in a row? Six years in a row? Wow. They've made the World Series three out of the last four years. They won it. Kershaw's finally got that ring. Thinking about some free agency at the end of the year. I'm a
0: little nervous about him too.
1: Are they gonna let Bueller off the off the leash? Right? Is Bueller is is Bauer gonna have a sub four ERA? I don't think so. Is he gonna have one eye
0: open or two?
1: Oh, by the way, can we give a shout out to Scott Service (laughs) for throwing shade at Bauer?
0: That was like, fantastic, yes. The one
1: eye They were swinging with one eye open and breathing through their eyelids, so nice Bull Durham reference there. Yeah, I,
0: I couldn't retweet that one fast enough when it came through the feed. That I was, was like, oh, was my phenomenal. God. Phenomenal. That's so the, that's where you stand Mauer's up gonna... and clap on, uh, on the, the, the memes on Twitter. That was fantastic, yeah. I was going to pull all that kind of crap because he got paid. He doesn't care. I he had got... so much respect for service, but, yes, I, I – Again, I don't don't get Piacenzi started. She hates Bauer. And, yeah. and I can't blame her because he's a misogynist. But yeah, he also,
1: to... by the way, has two years in seven with a sub-4-180 RA. And one of them, I... I'm not even going to count because it was a triple-A schedule last year. All right, so who's your World Series then if you've got the Padres? I'm going to make Edward Rouse really happy. And I'm going to take the Padres to make the World Series. And versus,
0: I was on record earlier today saying Dodgers versus Blue Jays. So you're going against, I me will with... go Padres and White Sox. Mm. I'll go Padres, White Sox. All right. Well, we'll have to see how all that shakes out. Any, uh, we, we got to end this quick as we're running out of time here. But um, I'm on record with Corey Seegers, my NL MVP. Uh, AL, I have no idea. You got any thoughts there? Um against
1: I'm trying to remember who I picked in the uh in the bold predictions piece for uh the fantasy alarm draft guide. It is tough to go against trout. I think I did though if I Oh, I had LeMayhew as ALMPP. Um, Interesting. Uh, and, a couple of my
0: fantasy teams need that.
1: And NL MVP, I will go with a bit of a homer pick, but it makes sense, and I'll go with uh, Juan Soto. I mean, guy's the best hitter in baseball.
0: God, I I want him to be healthy. Oh, we didn't touch upon that. No. So the the Nationals had a positive test, and there's people sequestered. Um, We don't know who it is. The first person they called up was a catcher, which made me think it might be Jan Gomes. But, I mean... I, I hate being in leagues where you cannot set daily lineups because of this reason. So please hopefully you're in daily setups, but I know I'm only in one league where I can make daily changes. How about you?
1: Uh yeah, I'm in I'm in one league as well because TGFBI is not a daily league. Uh, no, it's 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 Monday like a Monday bi- Monday Friday. It's yeah, Monday it's Friday. Like, yeah. In tout,
0: I can change the lineup on Wednesday, but that's only if there's an injury.
1: Yeah, so I'm in one league with dailies. Uh, Yeah, so we don't know who it is that's positive for the Nats. There's also five contact traces, and the contact tracing is out at least seven days as far as I've been reading. One of them's Um, a coach. Yes, so there's four players contact traced and then one positive, which is a player. We don't know who the player is that's positive. Probably won't unless they agree to let their name be out there. Uh, They have called up so far uh, Trey Barrara, backup catcher, Luis Garcia, who was playing second base for them last year, Sam Clay, who's a relief pitcher, and Yadiel Hernandez, who's an outfielder. So let your imagination run wild as to who exactly could be affected. Because there's some
0: key names involved in that uh, position. Uh, selfishly, please no Soto. Please no Robles.
1: Yeah. Um But, yeah, in the outfield, I have there, way you got, too
0: many shares of both. <laughs> you've got Schwarbert, Robles, Soto as
1: the starting outfield. You've got Josh Harrison or Starling Castro uh, at second base. Um, relievers could be anybody from, you know, a middle relief guy we don't care about to Daniel Hudson, Tanner Rainey, uh, you know, (laughs) Brad Hand. um, That could be a blessing in disguise. Might be. Might make my Tanner Rainey shares look really good there for for a little bit. Um, So, yeah, pay attention to that. We'll know, I guess, more on opening day when we see the lineup come out from the Nets. But, uh, yeah. yeah, It's
0: going to be rough. So, all right, that's going to put a bow on this. So, great opening day preview. Hopefully Matt can get this engineered and rocked out so you can hear it before uh, too late and get get those uh, things decided. Uh, Let's see. I will be doing weekly segments. The behind the breakout column will be back. And on Fridays I'll be doing uh, streaks and other things, talking about who's hot, who's not, and uh, some guys who might be underperforming that you want to look at before the weekend fob. I, I know, Matt, what do you got coming around the bend? Um, So NASCAR is off this weekend because it is Easter.
1: So happy Easter to those who celebrate. Um, and as far as MLB content, we're starting off hot with I've got the pitching coach for opening day. So that should be fun. A monstrous 11 game slate to go uh, <laughs> dissect there for the pitching coach. Um, with weather concerns on the East Coast, as far as I'm aware. So I know you're supposed to get some snow
0: there in upstate New York. Yes. Um, Why wouldn't I on opening day? Right.
1: So Thank God I can see
0: the sun on TV.
1: I will be doing hitting coaches and pitching coaches throughout the the weeks, uh, you know, throughout the season. Prospect Report is back on Wednesdays. Um, I will be helping out with various other MLB content as well, probably make some more appearances on the MLB pod, and then, you know, NASCAR picks back up next weekend short track racing at Martinsville, so we are rocking and rolling, and then, you know, we're only like three weeks away from my Jets making a massive mistake at number two in the NFL draft, so. Well,
0: they won't be taking Saquon Barkley, so they would be all right. No, they'll be taking Zach Wilson. Oh, God. I, I haven't even got into football yet, so All right, that's going to put a bow on things here, kids, so thanks again for sticking with us. Uh, Make sure you're checking out all the great stuff on FantasyAlarm.com and I know the MLB DFS package, the last I saw or the MLB package was half off, make sure you check whatever Howard's retweeting or from the site. Get in on that and is the custom jersey still out there? Uh, Yes, I believe
1: that giveaway is still going on as well. get, Get in
0: there quick before I think the opening day lineup's locked, so if you want to shout out one of those custom a uh, custom MLB jersey. you can go get Vladito on the back, whatever you need to do to uh, celebrate the upcoming season and see the baby Blue Jays make the World Series and make me look like a genius. But uh, until next time, thanks again, Matt, for everything. And stay well. Take care of those great kids. And we will be back with Episode 69 next time. Teaser alert. Until then, we are out.